Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tabula Raza Season 2, Episode 2, Lies and Half-Truths, the Director's Commentary. I'm your Assistant Director, Dave Morgan. With me, as always, is Director Anna Rodriguez. Hello, everyone. And our writer, Jack Koch. Hi there. And we're starting off here um, deep, deep in a hole with Liza in a cell. Yes. Cal being Uriah being creepy. Yes. And he's just such an ass. <laughs> yes. And he does it so well. Joe J. Thomas does this so well. I know. You wouldn't guess this is the same guy who does our lovely trailers. I know. It's always the nice ones. But you can tell it's the guy who plays Henderson. Yeah. <laughs> It's the Henderman. But this is like the wrong kind of sleazy, though. This isn't charming, funny sleazy. <laughs> no, it's just kill you all sleazy. Yeah, basically. And of course, that's Lynn Cullen as Liza. And already we're at the part where we're listening to the episode. Come on, guys. Oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry. I can't stop listening to Joe's voice. I love That's it so right. much. <laughs> it's interesting. It's the second episode in a row we started with Liza and Cal. Yeah. Um, well, the last one was 11 years ago. but Yeah. Sort of intentional. Um I didn't want to really put Cal into the beginning or into anywhere but the beginning or end of the episode because it's a, I guess it's a stylistic choice that has to do with the untold story of Cal right now. But um, he sort of just exists on this plane of different from everybody else. Um, it's just neat to only see him interact with Liza, I think. And that only sort of works in the beginning or end of the episode, in my opinion. It works out very well. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, I like that, that we get the callback in his previous line. Remember that tomorrow is another step on the path to victory. Yes. Um, Danica said that last episode. Yeah. I think My it gets said Mary. in the other places coming up, too. It does. People. Yeah. Was it Danica or Gats who said it last episode? I Gats? I, I want to say Gats, I think. It. <laughs> Whatever. Danica said it at some point. God, this whole show is non-linear, and I can just... Whatever, somebody said it. It's important that somebody else said it. That's what I'm saying. Oh my god, the phone is back. Shut up, phone. <laughs> Silly phone. How dare you ring? There we go. Oh no, I just actually answered. Oops. <laughs> well, Anna deals with her phone issues. Yes. We um, talked all over was... Karina's uh, song there and the monologue. Yeah, Karina is by her side, still available on iTunes. Bye um, I... now. Cool. Do it now. Pause this There's a lot more to the song we already play. Yes. Pause the commentary, then go buy it, then come back. Yes, yeah. we will be here. Um, this scene was written like five or six times. Um, with with varying degrees of hostility from Jane. Um, and various attitudes from Sanvi. I just basically didn't know how I wanted these two to interact with each other and how much they hated each other. And the final consensus is sort of hated each other. Yes, well, when Sanvi introduced herself to everybody at Oregon C, it wasn't very pleasant. So... Yeah, Sanvi's not, not good at them. didn't make a great first impression. Exactly. She, she kind of set that up for herself. <laughs> right. 
Sergeant Clark and Dr. Finch's initial reports state that you had no memory of any events before the time. I uh, see. Uh, Dave, you re, uh, you, yes. I was going to say, you recorded this. No, you, you. No, I didn't record this. You, re just... you directed this. Yeah. It would be impressive if you, if you uh, did record this scene. Plot twist. Yes. Dave Morgan is actually voices. Susan Bridges. Okay. <laughs> Does Jeffrey know? <laughs> oh. oh. Does Tom Stitzer know? Yeah. I love that song. That one was uh, what was that? That was Gravity. Uh, Josh Woodward one played underneath that, and it comes back to that later. We pick up the comic, the, the question. Cool. We'd like to have a word with you, Mr. Cameron. Uh, now we've. Oh, we're at um. Uh, we're at Lucas's apartment. Yes. And what we have there is Pete as Nathan. We've got I am so pleased. <laughs> Sorry. Chris, Chris Hackney Chris Hackney. as Raphael. And we've got Mark Zarekor as mm -hmm. And of course in Remmer is Christian Holdridge. Yes. Yes. The ever present Christian Holdridge. He's Even like, if you don't necessarily hear him clearly, you, he's there. He's the most important reporter. Yes. In all of Chicago. He's the only reporter in all of Chicago. <laughs> Just because we don't want to keep casting reporters. Exactly. That's right. I can't just go around. Also known as why David Alt is the only voice actor in Chicago. Exactly. I like that. Makes you sound like a real businessman. Look, we can do this here. That was another little ad lib from Pete there. Pete's got some choice ones in this scene. Um, I was not expecting to bring Lucas Cameron back, but Mark just plays him so well. He does. He's he's just so smarmy, such a unique smarm. That Montague didn't have that. Um... <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Special guest star Allison Moser. Um... Smarm in the singular is not a word. Shut up! Um, you know, he's, he's just got a unique sort of slime to him that I really like. Oh, hey. Europa? Hey. I wonder who that guy is. Hmm. I don't know. He's some weirdo. <laughs> With a stupid name. Because I can't stop making Dickens references, apparently. Is, is the title of this episode a Dickens reference? This one is not. This one's like, mm, yeah, screw it. Everyone's lying or not telling the truth, so this is the title. Sounds bueno. That was a little, that was a little bit of Dano music, by the way there in that last scene black box on the ground i think i may have used that briefly during another during the uh fight last year in the, the warehouse but and now we're back at the uh, interrogation like this is a lie mm -hmm. um she oh. totally knows who ganymede is just just to recap she totally knows who ganymede is she's just lying to protect liza Yes, mm. Gats is evil. Yes. See, Jane, Jane knows his name. There's a lot of squeaks under Sanvi's dialogue here because since they're just sitting across the table from each other, it's really hard to do much with that. So that's the chair squeaking. Mm-hmm. That which is an awesome touch. I noticed that when I was listening to it. I was like, oh my god. I, I, I admit, I kind of got the idea for that one from the Kingery <laughs> a few episodes back. 
It's it's that's not something I would have thought of, but that's awesome. Yay, Dave! Yay! 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 Things. I love them. I don't know why I had to say that, but I said. Thank you, Anna. Slight hesitation with Ganymede. Yes. This is another one of those things that, like, I wish we had time to show, but it would have been boring and doesn't make sense. It was just kind of implied that she's told Lakeisha pretty much everything she saw, with the exception of, oh, yeah, your husband's an assassin thug. Listen, I'm going to tell you what I tell my boys, okay? You can't yeah. change your path. This line would be different if I'd had another draft. Um, because this 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 was just a not very well edited line by me. Um, I, she told her originally something else that she told her boys. I don't even remember. But I just kind of kept that part because I liked it and now I don't like it. So if I'd had another draft, she wouldn't have said. It would just have been, you can't change your past. You can only affect the present. Yeah. But, um, hey, major theme of the show. It works. It's not him. I'm worried exactly. About it's Uriah. He tried to kill you. All right. Morris, Clark stole my line for you. Thank you. Of course. Just totally blowing off Lakeisha there. Yeah. The, uh, the use of Morris is important. Mm-hmm. That was another little quick ad lib from Bindi there. But perfectly natural. What am I doing? Yeah, I, I just, uh, uh, Sanvi. Sanvi. I hope people don't hate Sanvi too much because I, I, I actually really like the character of Sanvi. And we're going to. Well, I know. But... She's growing on me. Yeah, no, it's, well, we'll see. Well, we know things that the audience doesn't know. But as of this point in time, especially how she treats Lakeisha, it's like, uh, really? Yeah. Really? Um. Returning to the show. Yes. We have Hannah as Stephanie, and we've got James Rossi as Keith. Um, and I directed this one. And of course, Keith is all alone at the house. I wonder why. Yeah, one one thing I noticed about Keith's stories is that it's it's like Francis and Malcolm in the middle. Most of his story is like kind of tangential to the rest of the show, but it's still nice to have him around. Recap. I don't like this scene. Well, you're just tuning in. I'm going through this episode, being like, mm, could have done that differently. Lines out of context that suck. I'm kind of exhausted. I think this is one of Steph's largest scenes today, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that much um, from her. Thanks. Steph's going to be important for the next couple of episodes. Yes, she is. Angry teenager, break things. Rah! Teenager, smash. <laughs> oh, that piece was um, Fit for a King by Joshua Dorg. Oh, it's our favorite sarcasm, de de devilish trio. I tried to alliterate, but that 
failed miserably. <laughs> so we've got Allison as Danica. We've got Thomas Gatz. And we've got Jason as Ganymede. Yes. I really, really like this scene. Um, it does a lot of clarifying for, like, why has Danica been here? What is she doing? What is her plan? Sort of. Um, but basically, Danica was called in by as yet unnamed superiors to um, basically slash and burn what Uriah was doing, take Uriah out, and um, fix the problem. She's kind of a fixer. She's Winston Wolf. Sure. I was going to go off and fix it, Felix. Does she have a little hammer? I'm going to fix it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I haven't seen Pulp Fiction. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm trying okay. to find. Shh. I'm trying. I'm trying to find an appropriate metaphor that works for me, and I can't find it. Well, like, if I say "fix" from the Kingery, that seems like a cop out, but kind of. It works. That fix has been going on for a while. It's like five seasons now. And here's um. As Danica is starting to reveal her plan, I have I've creeped yes, in her theme. I've decided this is her theme, um, which is a deep haze by Kevin McLeod. One of the few McLeod pieces we use recurringly. It's an appropriate uh, it's an appropriate title for for Danica, as we will see later. Yep. Gosh, she's so sickly sweet. It scares me. <laughs> when she smiles, she shows her fangs. For sure. You can also, she's one of those, she's got, when she's smiling, you can tell in her voice, which which is cool. That's that's something that you don't get too much, but I think it sounds really cool. Yep. Agreed. I really like this piece because it's so unlike the rest of McLeod's pieces. You know, mm. you, you wouldn't be able to tell it's a Kevin McLeod like, piece. I agree. It's it sounds very Woodward or Dano, but it's I, I was surprised I to learn to it was McLeod. Yeah. I did. Close the door behind you, please. Let's see. This one was yours, Dave? Yes. And it was one of the ones that caused me the most trouble for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Sorry. That's all right. No, it's just I think having to arrange six people in a very small space audio-wise, too. I had to draw a little picture to help. Yeah. You, you definitely, because Clark's, Clark's office is not large. No. He's, you know, he's like a relatively minor sergeant in the Chicago Police Department. Um, and so you do it, it, you, you do an awesome, very effective job of making it clear that these people are all cramped into this office. Right. This is some good lines coming up here. The original line was exactly. Wait, Wait. but I, <laughs> I like Clark's more. It breaks the fourth wall less. Present circumstances force my hand. I can't afford to keep you locked up while you have a demonstrable ability to help us. And frankly, what you can't put people away without reason? What? Exactly. <laughs> That's madness. Which is a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it lets Jane continue to help them. On the other hand, 
a consultant with the organized crime. Her premonitions are not enough to convict anybody. Right. Yep. With Dr. French gone, she'll need someone to help her from place to place. Hold on. We can all do that. Don't relegate her to God, duty, and handholding. I don't need my handheld. You've been blind for at least three months you can remember. And the last time you were left alone, you disappeared for hours. Wow, three months? Yeah. Yeah, it's been three months in the, since the start of the show. Um, one rainy evening in March, a woman appeared on the doorstep of Dr. Liza Finch. Uh, and in episode 10, we established that it was June. Uh, and it's only oh, yeah. been a couple of weeks since episode 10. So um, it's only about June. Um, yeah. It is that it has not been that long. It's been about a year for us real time. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's like wait, hold on a second. But yeah, I mean the way, you know, stories work. Podcasts and all that fun jazz. I don't care about that. If, you know, if we were going like week by week, this would be relatively you know, if we were on like a network, this would be relatively right. Speaking of week by week <laughs> Well no by the time this airs this will no longer be, but um and even beyond that, if you were following, I think Pendant, Pendant's uh, Twitter feed retweeted it a few times. I did uh, a radio program at my university, and so I've been airing season one of Tabula Rasa and Dixie. So, yeah, every week it was a new episode, which is weird because you're so used to a monthly thing. Mm. So. Oh, I man. wish I could do that at my, at my campus's radio station, but the director of music hates my guts. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's so, a problem. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> he dated a friend of mine, and I was trying to be friendly, and I accidentally offended him really hard, and now we're just not. Oh. Now we just can't. Derp. <laughs> Quotes from Allison Moser. He's an ass. <laughs> well. He's a big poop. Is, is her exact words. Okay. Well, I'm just going to pimp this out really quick. If people want to look it up, the, the episodes are archived online. So if you want to hear me host a radio drama show, you can look it up at mixcloud.com slash titan underscore internet underscore radio. Titan, because it's titan internet radio. So anyway, if you want to listen to me babble and re-listen to Tabula Rasa through a radio, college radio program, there you go. Yes, I like it. And as a good host. Oh, thank you. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I've lost track of where we are in the episode. <laughs> me too. Uh, scene 10. Clark just read Zombie the Riot Act, which was awesome. Yes. I love that, that sequence from him. And then, I gotta say, Richard Casto gave me some takes on just saying his name, picking up the phone, that I could never use in this. <laughs> oh, God. Um, they were... Uh, he was in the middle of something. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, Richard. Richard. Oh, boy. I will say that that speech that Clark gave Sanvey was like, yes, defend your people, Clark, defend them. It was, ba- it was badass. He's not as worried about himself being taken for granted. It's just his people. He wants a little more respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clark has very little self-preservation, but he's, he's big on the other people. Um, also, his line about Igor and flying monkeys was not an ad lib. I wrote that because I yes. knew it was a Pete-like line. Yes, Danica, she, uh, she's the one calling the shots now. I wouldn't expect our old friend Uriah to be around much longer. Ooh. You're mm-hmm. going to kill him. Me, personally? Hmm. Hard to say, but someone will. Sooner rather than later. Da-da-dum. Good. 
And that line's kind of surprising coming from Liza. Mm-hmm. You know? There, yeah, um, that is intended as a signal that this is not... The, Liza is not herself right now. Yeah. <laughs> Being in captivity kind of does that to people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She's... I, w- I would be lying if I said Stockholm Syndrome is ever going to be remotely a thing with Liza. Then don't ask me to answer questions I don't want to answer. We haven't really seen Liza be super tested with adversity, per se. Um, much of her story so far has been, you know, sort of... Li- I mean, obviously everyone's story is linked to Jane's. But it's very, um, you know, depends on what Jane does. And it's, it's nice to see her... Um, Grow in that respect. Um. So yeah, her calling out, calling him out on this. I kind of like this piece of music. I chose this piece of music just for this little musical part, and I knew I was gonna put it right at right under her read of him. And uh, this piece is called "Me and Billy Barnum" by Josh Woodward. I really like it. It's it's in it. I believe I found it because he has a section on his website of songs that he thinks is trash, that he thinks is crap, but he puts it up there anyway. And I found it. I'm like, this is actually a pretty good song, Josh. What are what are you saying? Mm-hmm. So, this is another scene, by the way, that I rewrote like six times. Um, it's just it didn't work. It was very cheesy for a long time, and I I really do like the end result of this scene. Um, I do like how Liza, Liza, or Lynn, sorry, rewrote this last line. It was originally, I can help you, Gats, but Gats, I can help you, um, I think is a better take and works better. So, thank you, Lynn, and thank you, Anna. Mm-hmm. Well, Lynn being a phenomenal voice actress, she did read it as is, but yeah, I totally agree that that ad lib just, it worked better. And her read on it was pretty good. So. It's, it's, I'm, I'm it would be <clears throat> more accurate to have everybody, every actor's name on... <laughs> The writing credit, because at this point, um, many of them, they, you know, they don't write huge sections, but they do have at least probably one sh- line change in episode that really works. Mm-hmm. And that's because we have a phenomenal cast. Yes. You guys are all awesome. We love you so. I agree. And this is Brian Reed with the credits. Woo! And Mile 96. I didn't sing this episode. It's okay, I'm sick. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> I'm sure people wanted to hear your singing. They can just go listen to another commentary. and. <laughs> yeah, one of every single other commentary we've ever done. Yeah, exactly. But of course, you're already listening to all the commentaries, aren't they? Well, I'm just saying, if they want to listen again to hear Jack's lovely voice, they're more than welcome to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, have a listening party. Share with your friends. Be like, hey, there's this cool show called Tabula Rasa. You should listen. The, <laughs> the writer can sing terribly. <laughs> hey, if he gets more people listening. <laughs> I mean, if it works. Aw, I'm works. kidding, Jack. Aw, you're sweet. Aw. So... We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let us know in any shape or form how you thought about it on the Pendant Web. Uh, that's the Twitter handle or on Facebook. Look up Pendant Audio. There's the comment form on Pendant Audio's website. There's the Yahoo Groups page. We're on Tumblr. Find us or write somewhere your review of Tabby Ross and we will find you. If you can't it. find us, you're not looking hard enough. 
<laughs> Pretty easy to find Pendant online. Wait, hold on. When's this coming out? Is this coming out? February. February? Okay, so Pendy results have already been out. Um, thank you all very much. Thank you. You're the best. I said this in my acceptance speech, but thank you all very much. You're the best. Keep listening. Thank you. All right, we'll catch you guys next Yay. month. Bye. Bye. Bye.